Do you know that from your position, you can change a situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shedwin Obaje as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation realities in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. The gospel is. Is it? It's going to be a short charge. <laughs> Glory to God. I think the shortest charge I have given lasted for I think thirty or forty-five minutes, but was very short. But I believe this is going to be shorter than that. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Turn in your Bibles very quickly to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Uh, I'll start the reading from verse 1. Would God, who to God you could bear with me a little in my folly? And indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband. That I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Hallelujah. Now it says simplicity. Let's one say simplicity. When you say something is simple, what does it mean? It means it's not complex, right? When you say something is simple, it means it can be easily understood. When you say something is simple, it means even the lowest in understanding the smallest of men can grasp it so it tells us that the gospel is not complex Paul the apostle by the Holy Ghost calls this message a simple message is a simple message but if you look around, you find out that there are a lot of people who have made the gospel so complex. So complex that very few people can grasp it, can understand it. They feel, well, it is meant for some select few, not for the general public. But that's not God's intent. In the gospel according to St. John, chapter 3 and verse 16, the word of God declares that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was the whole world that he loved. And that was why he gave the whole world his only begotten son. 
He gave us his only begotten son for us all to understand him and to accept him and be blessed by him. So you see, the gospel is not meant for some select few. When Roman Catholicism began as a movement in Italy, and then it spread all over the world, particularly in South America, the priests had the Bible to themselves. They read to the congregation. The congregation only believed what was read to them. A couple of things were changed, so they did not really have a good understanding of the Word of God. People didn't have access to the Bible, and so a lot of people were in ignorance. Yes, Mary was the mother of Jesus, but Mary was created by Jesus. You don't lift Mary above Jesus. Mary is not an idol. Mary is not meant to be worshipped. There's only one person that worship is due. That's Jesus Christ, the creator of all things. Jesus is the living word. Are you listening to me? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. The Bible says the word was made flesh. It was only the body, the flesh form of Mary that the word needed. Because there couldn't have been an intrusion of the word into this sense realm without taking on the human form. Because God himself had said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them, he didn't say let us, let them. So God did not include himself. He says, let them, man, have dominion. So if God had included himself, then God could have come in a form that uh, would be seen like that of man without necessarily going through the womb of Mary. Hallelujah. So you see, God had given the dominion to man. And that's why God cannot, mark my words, God cannot do anything in this realm without man. He cannot. Himself placed that limit on himself. He says, let them. God is bound by his word. He says, let them, not let us. He didn't include himself. So if man does not permit him to function here, he cannot function. He did it that way. He said, well, but God is sovereign. Yes, his sovereignty is his word. Whatever his word says, that's his sovereignty. God is not more sovereign than his word. If he were more sovereign than his word, then God would be unjust, and God would be unrighteous, and God would be a God that does not have integrity. So you see, God's sovereignty is his word. He's not more sovereign than his word. Whatever his word says, that's his sovereignty. Let them have dominion. That's the sovereignty. Let them. He defined it. So he took on human flesh through Mary. Are you listening to me? Mary was created by Jesus Christ. All things were made by him. So you see, you don't bow to Mary. Holy Mary, have mercy on us. She needs mercy too. 
see, the Jesus that she gave birth to was the same Jesus that died for her. The Jesus that she gave birth to shed his blood to cleanse her sins. Are you listening to me? So you see, they held the word of God away from the people. They could not have access to the word of God apart from the priest and the pope. So people were in ignorance for years until the revolution came and kicked against that, that the just shall live by faith. And they called them Protestants, people who protest the order of Catholicism. They protest against the order of Catholicism. They were Protestants. So right now, if you go to Italy, it's either you're a Muslim or a Catholic or a Protestant. So if you are a Pentecostal, that means you believe in the Holy Spirit, being born again and speaking in tongues. They say you are, you are Protestant. You are not Catholic. You are Protestant. Amen. Well, I am not um, a Protestant. I am not a Catholic. Amen. I am not a Muslim. I am a child of God. What about you? So, the point is, Jesus was given to the whole world to be received by the whole world with the message of the gospel to be understood by the whole world. There's no such thing as exoteric knowledge in the gospel. No. God has unveiled the mystery. No longer do we have mysteries anymore. We have the express knowledge of God. The Bible says now the Spirit speaks expressly. Expressly. Unhindered. Ministry and understanding to all. Hallelujah. Every man can understand the gospel. Every man can appropriate the gospel. Every man can receive Jesus into his or heart. Every man can be blessed by the gospel. Because the gospel was given to all. It was given to all. Jesus was given to all. So the gospel is simple. He made it so simple for everybody to understand. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand and say, I do understand the gospel. Say it again. Say, I do understand the gospel. Amen. Now that's a declaration of faith. The gospel is simple. Amen. There was a day someone came and said, you know, Jesus was in this and he did. And he said a whole lot of things. And I sat there and I said, okay, what can I take from this? I couldn't take anything. You see, I don't believe in complexity. I want to sit down and open up my spirit to understand what you're saying. If there's nothing that can make sense with all the revs you're pulling, amen, pulling stuff, you call it rev. The grace of God is incubated in the resurrection. So what is that? No, it is, it is the unveiling of manifest matter. So what is that? Can you speak to me and tell me what the gospel has to offer and how I can appropriate it and make my life better? Is that not the essence of the gospel? Huh? Should I leave church with a big head and a small heart and then get out there and, and be stranded? not knowing what to do, what's the essence of coming to church then? 
The gospel is very simple. Amen? Very simple. And this is the simplicity of the gospel. That God loves man. Absolutely. Ever before man was made, there was a statement that brought forth the creation or the birth of man. He says in Genesis 1, 26, Come, let us make man in what? Our image and after our what? Likeness. And let them have what? Dominion. So God created man in his image and after his likeness. The first man was made in his image. Because the Bible says in the subsequent verse, that same verse 26, 27th verse there, he says, so God made man in his image. So God actually did it. He actually did it. But you see, something happened along the line. Having loved man absolutely, having shown him absolute love, he told him of all the trees of the garden, in, you know, of all the trees in the garden of Eden, he may freely eat, but of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he must not eat of it. And then God said it again. For the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. See, God's word is infallible. Praise the Lord. So, man went on. The enemy came in to deceive man. God never interrupted the devil from tempting man. Because God had already shown man his love and he wanted man to reciprocate that love. It was a test of love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? God loved them and they knew it. And then he said to them, don't do this. If they actually loved God, they would have kept to that word. But they did not keep to it. So they failed the test of love. Praise God. So man died according to God's word. The first death was spiritual. He was separated from God's kind of life. The quality of life God lives. Because man was made in the image of God, God brought man up to his level to share with him, to fellowship with him. That was why he made man in his image to start with. Praise God. See? So man was separated from that source of life and then he eventually died physically. And then death reigned all through by the sin of Adam. Death reigned over man until Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Jesus came. That was another show of God's love. He came to stand in the stead of man, to die in the place of man, so that every punishment that was due man according to God's word will come on him and he will take the place of man so man wouldn't die anymore. Man wouldn't be punished for his sins anymore. Man would not suffer the consequences of his sin. When man sinned, he died. Spiritually, he died physically. Sickness came in. Poverty came in. See, all these things came in because of the sin of man. So Jesus came, died for the sin of man so that man can come into the prosperity God had in mind ever before man fell. Simple gospel. So Jesus came and then became our substitute and died for us. Hallelujah. Amen? Now, he died for us so we wouldn't die anymore. He was punished for us so we wouldn't be punished anymore. 
It's very simple. Now, for you to say that after the death of Jesus, I should still pay for the sins of my great-grandfather and my sins, doesn't make sense to me. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. Why should I pay anymore? So what did Jesus come to do? Was his death in vain? Hello, talk to me. Was his death in vain? Uh-huh. It wasn't in vain. So he died for me to enjoy the fullness of what God has to offer. Praise God. That's why we teach forgiveness from sins. That's why we teach righteousness. That's why we teach prosperity. Someone says that those people, they talk prosperity too much. What was God's original plan? Poverty. So why, why should you say, well, we talk prosperity too much? Why shouldn't we? No, tell me, why shouldn't we? If we talk poverty, all right, is that in line with God's original intent? Was there lack in the Garden of Eden before the fall? Was there poverty in the Garden of Eden? So you see, we talk what was before man fell. We talk righteousness. There was no consciousness of sin. So you see, we talk righteousness that man has been made right with God through Jesus Christ. You can stand right with, with, before him without any sense of condemnation, inferiority complex, without any sense of guilt. Man has been made right with God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's the gospel. So Jesus came. When he came, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? He began to charge them. Look, change your way of thinking. The kingdom is here. What's the kingdom? When he came, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the lepers. Gave sight to the blind. Hearing to the, to the deaf. Voice to the dumb. Hallelujah. That's the kingdom. He preached the good news to the poor. What other good news can the poor hear and be, and be happy? Other than you can walk out of your poverty. If you tell the poor, stay in poverty. When we get to heaven, we will enjoy. You see, that makes the person very sad. Okay. When we get to heaven. That's why some Christians have this mentality of escapists. They want to escape. Yeah, you're going to put you. They call on you. Walk by, Call you. Call everything. Call down. Come on, son. Amen. <laughs> you know, that's selfishness because see, other people still have some things to do for God. Because of you, you want to escape. Why not just leave the scene? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So the gospel is God still loves man. Are you listening to me? He loves you so much that He wants to get you out of that mess. He wants to get you out of that problem because Jesus died to get you out of it. Are you listening to me? So he brings the good news. He says, believe. Believe that good news. What's the good news? God loves man. He sent his son to die in the stead of man. To take the place of man. So that the consequences of man's sin would not come on man anymore. They came on Jesus. Are you listening to me? So you believe. He didn't say to do something extra. He says to believe. Amen. So you say, I believe in Jesus, that he's my savior, the savior of my spirit, soul, and body. I believe that Jesus is the savior of my life. He's my Lord. I believe that he saved me from sin and all its consequences. Glory to God. Sickness is one of the consequences of sin. Poverty 
is one of the consequences of sin because in the garden before man fell, before sin came in, there was no sickness, there was no lack, there was no oppression, there was no torment. Now that Jesus has come, we can receive his fullness. Hallelujah. The fullness of God that he has to offer. What a life. That's the gospel. The gospel says you don't have to suffer for nothing. Why should you be oppressed? Why should the devil that has been defeated be oppressing you and terrifying you in the night? Why? So we preach the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We preach authority over demon spirits because the devil has been defeated. Too few of us have come to that realization. The devil has been defeated. Now you can exercise authority over him in the name of Jesus. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Not preaching all these demons, elevating demons. You look at cobwebs, you see there's a demon there. You see a, um, a spider, you know, you see that's a demon. Rats in the house are demon possessed. The plates have demons. The spoons are possessed with demons. Your clothes are, there are demons there. The sweat that comes out of your body is demonized. You know, and all those terrible things. You, if you look at it, that's not the gospel. Please understand, it's so simple. It's not the gospel. You have no business with such things. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that God loves man so much that he's made everything ready for man. Amen? So man can enjoy and give him glory. That's the gospel. I don't mean you will not face challenges. Amen? But you have this consciousness in you that you will always be on top. Are you listening to me? Jesus was in the wilderness, but the wilderness was not in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you see, when people go through things, we encourage them. Be strong. You are a victor. The Bible says this is the victory that overcame the world, overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we hold on to that, that man is in charge and let them have dominion and let them have dominion. Money shouldn't rule over you. You shouldn't serve money. You should not do things for money. You should do things for purpose, for significance. Not this one, prostrating for, for, Lord have mercy. Amen. <laughs> I said amen. There was a beloved one that came one time, very influential man. All right. And then he gave us his business card. He said, you can come and see me. <laughs> I just smiled. <laughs> for what? It's not pride. For what? For what? If you invite me to come and share the gospel with you, I can come. For what? To come and do what? Not me. You see, and let them have dominion. Man has been dignified by God. Man was made in the image of God. You shouldn't stoop low to common things of life. You have dignity. That's the gospel. You shouldn't do things for things. You should do things for God, for God's purpose. For understanding, for significance, to edify other people around you. That's the essence of the gospel. That's what we preach. It's so simple. You can share it with people. That, you see, they don't have to die and go to hell. Somebody died for them. Jesus is his name. 
He took their place. The greatest regret of being in hell is that, oh, I wish I understood the gospel. I wish they explained it to me this way, that I did not even need to stop smoking and stop fornicating to be born again. I just needed to believe in Jesus. And Jesus will come into my heart. You don't have to stop sinning to become a saint. That's not the gospel. You have to be, if you could actually save yourself. You should have done that before now. Mm-hmm. So he said, just, just stop this thing and please God. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is believe that Jesus died for you. Believe that he saved you from your sins. And the very moment you believe that, the power of God will begin to work on the inside of you. All you need to do is to be willing in faith. And then you'll see that the things you used to struggle with, you struggle with them no more. That's the gospel. If you say sinners should stop sinning before they get born again, all right? If they actually could, they would have stopped sinning before you came with the gospel. It's because they could not. That's why they need the gospel. The gospel is simple. Amen? Believe in the love of God. Believe in Jesus. Believe he died for you. Amen? I said amen. Someone says, well, why is it that you're not struggling with, you know, are you a lecturer? I say, yeah, I'm a lecturer. Wow. You're really trying, you know. For what? Say, you're not sleeping with the ladies in, I said, well, I, I, I can't do that. My sins are forgiven. I have no business with them anymore. Amen? I'm a new man in Christ. Glory to God. I'm his righteousness. So why should I be involved in all those things? Jesus, Jesus' death is not in vain over me. I believe the gospel that the same problem has been solved. Glory to God. See, that's, I believe it. You see, believe this gospel that poverty is not part of your life. If someone says, well, if you don't suffer very well, you can't be wise. I don't want the wisdom that comes through suffering. It's going to be harsh. That's why sometimes you see some people, they are so blessed. Before they can bring out five naira. say, Alright? But you see, if you believe in grace, you will be gracious. Yes. You give freely because, see, freely you have received. Yes. Praise the Lord. It's so simple. Amen? Why should we be sick? Why? There's no reason under God to be sick. Why should people say, well, God is trying to teach me a lesson through this sickness. And when it's done, you'll see his glory. There is no lesson to learn in sickness. Go to the grave. If you could wake those people up, let them tell you. How many of you have learned a lesson in sickness? The greatest lesson they learned was death. They died. Sicknesses and diseases are incipient death. See? See, the gospel is so simple. Now you say, well, I have to work hard to stand right before God. In the Garden of, uh, Ed, I mean, the garden of um, Eden, did Adam work hard to stand right before God? God made him right. He was born right. Righteousness is a nature. 
So that's the gospel. When you believe in Jesus, you are made right. Right there and then because Jesus Christ becomes your rightness. It's simple. There was no sense of sin consciousness in the Garden of Eden before the fall. There was no guilt. There was no condemnation. There was no inferiority complex. So why should it be involved in the gospel now? Why should it be part of the gospel, so-called? It cannot be. The gospel is simple. Amen? I said amen. You see, when you believe this, you know God loves you. You don't have to be sick. If there's sickness in your body, he wants to take it out now. Because by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. You made whole. That's so simple. You have to renew your mind. You don't have to finish one before another comes. You are the blessed of God. He says, I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. That means you have more than enough to give to others, to be a blessing. Believe that. Someone says, no, let me work hard for it. No, don't work hard for it. Believe it first. It is that faith in what God has said that brings about the abundance. Are you listening to me? God will now begin to tell you, do this, do that. But if you believe that you can get it through your hard work, you may suffer without really, you know, making anything happen. I believe in the gospel. Yes, I believe, yes, you have to work and all that, but I don't believe that it is the work that is producing it. It's the blessing being expressed through what I do. I am a blessed man. The blessing of Abraham is upon me. I believe it with all of my heart. Are you listening to me? That's the gospel. Believe the gospel. You don't have to be an average student. God never made anybody average. God is not the creator of average. He never made it. There's no such thing as my, my boy is an average student. There is no such thing. I said there is no such thing. Let us make man in our image. Except you can prove to me that God is average. So you were made in the image of average. Look at you. There's no such thing. And my boy is, is uh, my brain. You know when I read, 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 I read. If I understand. <laughs> you don't have to. Believe that you have an excellent mind in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You have the mind. Believe that. When I was in primary school, my position was in class was, uh, I think, 16th or 27th. There was one time I did excellently well. I came 15th position in class. I was very good. Amen. Then my grandma told me, there was a day he called me, she called me, she hit my head. Bah! He said, look at me. And I looked at her. He said, you are Brini. I said, yes. And then he hit my head again. Ah! Is that clear? I said, yes. And I believe that gospel. <laughs> The next time, you know, results came out after exams, I came thought, hallelujah. And then I came, I was rejoicing. He said, you can't, you can't play second fiddle. Never. He said, look at me. The people that, you see, you can have 10, 10 first positioned people in class. 10, 20, scoring the same grade. It's possible. And we can all score is. 
and there's nothing the lecturer can do about it. It's okay, well, um, let's go and bring the scripts. See, the scripts, this is the marking scheme. Anybody can come and mark. There was a guy that scored 100-100 in one of my courses, and I gave it to him. Why should I hold something back? If I hold excellence back from someone, because I feel I'm a lecturer, someone's gone under my course. All right? Should people fail? If students are failing, and then you, 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 you are proud that they are failing your course, it is a sign of who you are. You are a failure as a lecturer. It is it's already defined. And if you fail my course, having taught you very well, I give you your F honorably. There's no respect of persons. It's that simple. If you pass very well, I give it to you. Amen? Yeah? I teach you. My desire is for you to pass. That's the way I reason. I don't think that I know people will fail this course. More than 70% will fail. What's my joy in that? Breeding failures. Amen? I said amen. You see, the gospel is simple, right? You are a success. Yeah, that's the God. In, the song says uh, they preach success too much. They are talking too much about when people should talk about going to heaven. Look at you. All right? You see, should failures go to heaven? Is heaven a place of failure? Or a place for failures? No. Amen. You are a success. That's, what, that's the gospel. Let us make man in our image. Who is God? Is God a failure? So why should, why should I think like a failure? You say, well, I'm even tired of this thing. I'm not doing it again, Joe. I'm giving up. Give up? We don't give up. We have to finish it. We started it. We'll finish it. Huh? Eh, I want this way it's too hard. I want to just leave. I want to go to one university in um, Bayesa State. Lord have mercy. One university that won't give people problems. Just be there and just do my thing and leave. These people are too hard. Amen. You see, where it is hard to succeed naturally, that is where we thrive. Yeah, that's where we thrive. If you're in this church, you know, you just come inside, you feel like, oh, you're in Lagos. All right, when you get out, you now realize, oh, I'm in Ife. <laughs> it can happen anywhere. Geography notwithstanding, God is no respecter of persons. He's rich unto all that call upon his name. You believe that? Yes. Believe the God. It's so simple. It's simple. The gospel is simple. The enemy should not oppress you for what? Jesus paid the price for your freedom. The devil cannot, you must say no to it in the name of Jesus. That's the gospel, not um, such is life. Such is life. It's full of ups and downs. Can one receive good without receiving evil? Hmm. To some people, that's a huge revelation. And or Ronnie or Or Connie, it's Oku Sonny. Are you listening to me? The word of God is the truth. Believe, it's so, the gospel is so simple. If Jesus died to get you out of it and you are still in it, all right, and you are justifying the fact that you are in it, 
And you call that the gospel and gather one scripture from Genesis that is unlike another scripture from John and does not resemble a scripture from Revelation and then you join the three together and build a doctrine out of it. Lord have mercy. You say, well, you see, that's what the Bible says, you know. But the point is this, go back to the beginning. Was it like that? In the beginning. Jesus looked at them the way they were handling marriage and messing up the whole thing. He said, in the beginning, it was not what? Go back to the beginning and look at it. That's all. That's the gospel. I finished preaching. You love the gospel? Any news from this Bible that will not leave you joyous and happy is not good news. Good news is It means, you know, that, ah, oh, you see, no matter how much you serve God, 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 you, you may not know what God will do. He may just be angry one day and just knock your head and crush you. And can that make someone happy? No, let's be sincere. <laughs> if it doesn't make you happy, that you can serve God and serve God and serve God, and then God wakes up one day and he crushes you. That's not good news. I said, that's not good news. Jesus died for your sins, but you see, it's for your sins he died, though, not for the sins of your forefathers. Oh. So you have to really pray hard for the forgiveness of the sins of your forefathers. Or else you will not be free. Is that good news? It's only the curse of the Lord I delivered you from. Not generational curses. <laughs> so those ones are still there. Staring in the face. You will pray. And blood will come out of your body. For some, some, some of you, you have to lacerate yourself. And blood will come out. So that the curses will be broken. Is that good news? No, talk to me. Is that good news? When Jesus said on the cross that it was finished, or it is finished, all right, what was finished? Notice Jesus didn't say, I am finished. Amen. <laughs> he said, It is finished. What was it that was finished? What actually finished? This is the gospel. You see, you see, the gospel is so beautiful, right? If you understand this gospel, anywhere you go, and you just sit down and listen, listen the first time, listen the second time, listen the third time, you will know that this is not the gospel they are preaching. And if you believe something that Paul called another gospel, a terrorist, not a loss, a terrorist of another kind, rise to your feet, please. Now, if prosperity makes people sin or makes people sinners, Abraham was the chiefest of all sinners. He was a very prosperous man. And God calls him his friend. Yeah, my friend. When you prosper, and prosper more than, in, more than you need, you can be a blessing to other people. True or false? Many of us are clamoring for scholarships, scholarships. You see, many of us now when we say, let's believe God for scholarships, you're lifting up your hand. 
All right? Is, is there any free scholarship indeed? Is there any free scholarship? Someone paid for it. That's what it means. When you say scholarship, someone paid for it. It is free to you, but someone paid for it. True or false? Now, many of us are thinking about having foundations where you can put in 100 million naira yearly and also pay for people, young people in the villages. That's the way we should reason. Not uh, looking for scholarship all around. Yes, you have gotten one. Any scholarship you get is a seed that has been sown into your life, telling you to do likewise. Yes, prosper so big that you can say, I want to have a foundation, and you're putting 300 million yearly. You become so big that you put in 20 billion naira all over the world. Yes, that is the way we should think. You see, that's the gospel. Not, um, you know, saying, okay, you want to just have just enough for yourself. For what? That's selfishness. He loves us. He blessed us. You think that to prosper in what you do. Amen. Think it. Do well. That's a challenge to Africa. Amen? I'm believing God that in the next five, ten years, Africans will have foundations for Europeans. Amen. Scholarship schemes for Americans. Amen. Yes. 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 We are so big that we call them and say, okay, and then they can give testimonies in their churches there too that, ah, I received a scholarship from Africa. And I say, eh? From Africa where? <laughs> he said, you can come too. There's, there are scholarships there. It's not this kind of prosperity that you just go and keep money in the bank, you know, and just be there looking at the account balance. And he said, ah, hmm. When you leave the scene, someone else will spend it. Use the money for the gospel. Use it to be a blessing to other people. Are you listening to me? Yeah, that's how we think. That's how we think. That is how we renew our mind. Money will not finish because we are blessed. The Bible says, Give and it shall be what? Given unto you. Not taken from you. No. He didn't say give and you will, you will lose what you have given. No, give and it shall be given unto you. Think it good measure. Press down, shaking together and running over. Shall men give back to your bosom. You believe that? That's how we think. That's how we think. We refuse to think lack. We refuse to see lack. It does not matter how much you have in your pocket now. It does not matter what is in your bank account. We don't believe in lack. We don't believe in it. We don't believe. God is going to show us what to do. He's going to tell us. He's going to say, why not sell this? Why not bring that together? Some people need this. Why not sell it to them? God will show you. He will show you what to do. Because you believe in prosperity. He will tell you, do this, buy this, sell this. Help that person. People need this in your neighborhood. Why not start selling it? God will begin to show you. Because you don't believe in lack. And then the money will keep pouring in. We know you've been blessed by this message. For further information and details on how to be a partner, 
please contact Shagwell Badger Teaching Ministries on just 234-7066-453122 or plus 234-80601-00093. Stay blessed.